As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Well, Merry Christmas! I'm a little offended that no kids wanted to join me up here right now. Okay, this is going to sound like uh, a setup for a bad joke, but stick with me. It's not. What do these three things have in common? In-N-Out Burger. Wish we had those in Chicago. Forever 21, the clothing brand. And the NFL. Uh, think about it with me. They, they have something actually really, really important uh, that are in common with one another. It's this, actually. It's a Bible verse. Do you know that if you flip over the bottom of an In-N-Out cup, there's a scripture reference on the bottom? Do you know if you took your Forever 21 bag that you got at checkout with your clothes in it and you turned it upside down, the same verse is on the bottom of a Forever 21 bag. And we all know we've seen the football game with the guy and he's behind the goalpost and he's got the sign and it's on there and he finally got in the camera shot. It's the same scripture reference everywhere. It's prolific. We see it all over the place. And why is the scripture so important? Well, I want to suggest that actually the entire meaning of Christmas can be summarized in this one verse. I want to suggest, catch this, I want to suggest that God's whole vision for your life is in this one verse. What's the verse? John 3.16. And it's all over the place and it's so packed with the truth about God and about God's love. And why this verse is so prolific, why you just mumbled it under your breath where you've been going to church your entire life, or maybe this is the first time you've ever walked into a church, I bet you've heard this verse, John 3.16. I want to read it together. We're going to put it up on the screen. Let's lift our voices. Let's read this one verse together. Lift your voice. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I want to share with you briefly five biblical truths about love. The first one is this, is that love loves. Profound, I know. But, but love, is, it's not an idea. It's not really even an emotion. Love is not just a desire or a hope. Love is action. But you know that love is actually more than action. Love is actually a person. God is love, scripture tells us. 1 John 4, 8 says this, anybody who does not love does not know God because God is love. You see, God, love is not just an attribute of God. Love is who God is. God is the source of love. And so he says, for God so loved the world. Now, he's not talking about the ocean. He's not talking about the earth. He's not talking about the mountains. He's not talking about the trees, although he created those things and they're all beautiful. What's he talking about? For God so loved the world. He loved the people of the world. He loved you. He loved you. That God is a deep love for all people throughout all time. This was a profound thing. It had Deep meaning, this idea that for all people, I know you, I created you, I love you, I want the best for you. Well, why is it so profound? Well, because up until Christmas, 
when Jesus was born. God's people were the Israelites. And there was many different gods and many different people groups that would worship these different gods. And so when he says, for God so loved the world, it actually has profound meaning to say, when Jesus comes to earth, what it means is God is available for all people of all times, of all backgrounds, of all different people groups. I love all of you. For God so loved the world. And so what we celebrate today is God the Father sending Jesus his only son to earth. He didn't have to do it. He had no obligation to do it. He didn't do it begrudgingly that God sent Jesus to earth. Why? Because God was compelled by love. He was compelled to send love to you, the actual source of love. Can you wrap your head around that? Kind of takes a minute. And he didn't send Jesus to earth to say, hey, go bring all those people a big list of rules that they need to follow. Maybe some people grew up in an environment like that. And it's just about the rules and the regulations. And he, he didn't send Jesus to earth with an agenda to say, can you help those people get their act together so I can eventually love them? Didn't say that. He didn't send Jesus to earth that say, hey, Jesus, when you get some followers, let's make those people the morality police for the whole rest of the world. And let's just walk around and tell everybody else what they're doing wrong. He didn't say that. He said, I am love. I sent love. Go show them our love so that they too will love. Here's what D.L. Moody said about this once. He says, the world does not understand the theology of dogma, but they do understand love and sympathy. So love loves, it's an action, it's a person, but love gives. Who likes Christmas presents at Christmas? Anybody, anybody, kids, yes, okay. Excited about tomorrow. So for God so loved the world, the people that he what? He gave. And he gave something that's pretty exceptional. He gave his only son. Now, I have two sons. I feel like giving them away sometimes. <laughs> Kidding. But I couldn't imagine, could I? My, my own kids, that, uh, that God knew what was going to happen, that when Jesus came to earth, that people were going to reject him and they weren't going to get it. And they were going to turn against him. God knew that Jesus was going to go and he was going to have to, his only son was going to have to die so that we might have reconciliation and love with God. But he sent his son. And God is a gift giver. Can I prove it to you? Let me share a few scriptures about God and how much he loves to give. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect thing comes from God above. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. James 1.5 says this, that if any of you lacks wisdom, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what decision to make. I don't know how to raise these kids. I, I don't know how to strengthen my marriage. If you lack wisdom, let them ask God who gives to all generously. Psalm 37.4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Listen closely to this one in Acts, Acts 17, 25. God isn't served by human hands 
as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. Somewhere in somebody's basement somewhere is an old VHS tape, likely my uncle's basement. If you don't know what a VHS tape is, ask somebody older than 35 and they'll know what it is. And so there's a VHS tape somewhere. Did anybody have an uncle like this? It was like every holiday, especially Christmas. I mean, he was there with this camcorder. I mean, we were capturing every hour of this thing. I don't know what he was planning to do with it. And this wasn't like a little iPhone, right? This was like the big, the big boy, you know, like up on his shoulder. It had the big light on the top. And so he would capture all of our Christmases. And so there's this VHS tape when I was, when I was little. It's probably like four years old. My family still gives me a hard time about it today. Uh, and so I was, I was just so excited. I was so excited to open my presents. I learned when I got married, by the way, maybe you've experienced this. There's two different types of families and ways you approach Christmas gifts. So one type of family is that it's just a free-for-all. I mean, within five minutes, it's done. Like 100 presents, got all, everybody just goes and grabs them and gives them, and we're opening them simultaneously. The Smith family did not grow up that way. So we sat in a circle. This is the other type of family. Four years old, by the way. Everybody got their first present. Person by person by person. Then we'll go around again and everybody gets their second present. Grandpa got another sweater vest. Can I just open my present, please? And so I'm just, I'm just dying, and, and there were some things that I wanted. I was so excited, and finally, it comes back around to my turn. Kids, does anybody want to know what I got for Christmas? Anybody? 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 It wasn't socks. It wasn't socks. So I'm just, I mean, I am just fired up. And so maybe it's going to be the thing that I finally, that I asked for, I asked my mom, I asked everybody. I just asked people, like I asked my teacher at school, you know, preschool, like I asked people at mall, this is what I want for Christmas. So finally I go and I open my presents. The level of exuberation and joy and excitement when I opened it, I had gotten it. And this is what it was. My yellow Tonka truck, and this is why my family gives me a hard time, is just at the top of my lungs. I'm so excited. I just scream, it's just what I wanted. <laughs> they have this on tape somewhere, <laughs> trying to find it so I can delete it. Aren't you jealous of kids sometimes, though? I mean, just all oh, the excitement, the anticipation, the longing for the thing, and you finally got it. I wonder, for those of us a little older in this room, if, if we miss that, if sometimes we, we lose the wonder of Christmas over time, and, and that longing in our hearts, and not for toys and not for presents, but recognizing the gift that's already been given to us. What if instead of, it's just what I wanted, what if you and me had a posture today of, this gift that was given to me all these years ago. Man, that's just what I needed. Jesus is just, if you knew the year I had, Jesus, you're just what I needed and that's why I worship you this Christmas. And God, I got this big decision to make and 
I don't really know what decision to make, and I don't know which, which way to go at the fork in the road, and Jesus, you're just what I needed. My hope for us today is that we could, we could somehow muster up that, that awe, that, that wonder again to stand in awe of the God of the universe sending his only son to us. So if love gives, love loves and love gives, I think we need to put that into practice a little bit. Kids, where are the kids? You can decide how old you are as a kid. Let's see, raise your hands right now. Okay, raise your hand if you're a kid in the room. Well, come on, you don't have to be too cool. You can be in high school, still be a kid, okay? You're gonna wanna raise your hand. Here's what your parents told me today. Do you know this? Here's what your parents told me. Your parents told me they were worried you weren't gonna have enough sugar today. And so right now our ushers are coming and we have candy canes for all of you because love gives. And so we wanted to give you a little present. You're welcome, parents. That's for you. As the chaos now ensues, I will attempt to continue to give you something of some relevance and biblical truth. Keep your hands up, kids. If you didn't get one, we'll make sure to get one in your hand. Hey, love loves. Love gives. Let me give you a third biblical truth. Love believes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. And so what's our role in this? What's your and my role in the Christmas story? Well, did you see it right there? For all who believe. And so the question for us tonight is what do we really believe? What do we really believe about who this Jesus is? What do we really believe about God sending his only son to earth? And, and don't miss it because it actually tells you everything about who this God is. You know, one of the only distinctions, the thing that, the thing that marks Christianity that, that no other major world religion has is this, is that God came to us. You see, every other major religion in the world, go check if you don't believe me, is that you need to work hard enough and to achieve enough that at some point you can be accepted by God. That maybe throughout your life you can climb a ladder and, and you slowly climb the rungs and then God will finally say, okay, you're, you're all right, I, I love you. That if I just have enough behavior modification, then finally I'll be received by God. That's not what this book teaches. That's not who Jesus is. And so think about the story that we're celebrating tonight. Our God, the one true God, says this. Hey, listen, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to live among you. I'm going to show you how to live. I'm going to model a perfect life for you. I love you so much that I'm the one that's going to do it. I'm the one that's going to die. And when I die, I'm going to prove my power through the resurrection. And by the way, when I ascend to heaven, I'm going to leave behind for you a Holy Spirit that's going to guide you and is going to comfort you. I'm going to do it all. For God so loved the world. Hey, world, what's your part? Do you believe? Yes. Amen. It's awesome, buddy. Do you believe? Yes. And that's really our heart that our heart would make a choice, make a decision that our mind would intellectually consent to understand Jesus is who he says he is. 
You know, I find Christmas fascinating this time of the year. You know, you think about it, and I get that there's all different people from all different backgrounds and even different beliefs in this room right now, but generally speaking, it seems like the world we live in is trending more and more away from the things of Jesus and maybe even be, being offended by the name of Jesus or offended by Christ and maybe a little less tolerant of the things that God teaches and Jesus taught and the Bible teaches. And then for like a whole month out of the year, we literally decorate entire cities. We light them up. We produce Christmas music. We make films that are Christmas films that are millions and millions of dollars. It's anticipated this year, catch this, that $900 billion will be spent by consumers surrounding Christmas. And so we invest all this time and all this energy and all this to do what? To remember a birthday? To remember somebody that was born 2,000 years ago. I mean, think how many birthday parties you've been to. Can you even remember what you did? Can you even remember what the gifts were? And here we are, generation after generation after generation, we're still celebrating the birthday of Jesus. And by not just, by the way, not just here, we're celebrating around the world that you can go to almost every country and every culture and they're doing the same thing, maybe in a different way and in a different language and maybe with some different songs, but they're celebrating this birth. Is anybody with me? It's a little crazy. Unless it's true. I just want to submit to you today that this birthday changed everything. I mean, think about it. It literally marks our time. What is 2022? The number of years since he was born. It's how we mark our time based on this birthday. And that birthday brought God to earth. And that birth was God coming for you. I love what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis said that once in our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than the whole world. So the choice is ours, do we believe? Because love loves, love gives, love believes. But do you know the byproduct of belief? It's transformation. That if we want to experience transformation in our life, it begins with what do we believe and do we believe Jesus is who he says he is? And that's our next biblical truth is that love transforms. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only son for whoever believes in him will not perish. Don't miss it. But you can have eternal life with God the Father. Let me read the verse right after it. We quote John 3.16 all the time, but John 3.17 is just as powerful. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him that we can experience transformation in this life and we can experience ultimate transformation in the next life. And here's the thing about transformed people. If you can say tonight, no, 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 I believe and, and, I, and I know who Jesus is and I know what we're celebrating. I, 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 I know it's true because I've experienced a transformed life. Do you know that God wants to use you and me to help other people's lives be transformed? He does it all the time as we pour into people and as we 
share. And so it's part of God's plan for you. And maybe it's something as simple as just the encouragement that you need to give somebody in your life. Maybe it's an encouragement you need to give them today or tomorrow. And maybe it's the person that you know is going to be lonely tomorrow. And yeah, you have a bunch of plans, but why don't you, even tonight, invite them to your gathering and invite them to your house and come and, and join us. And maybe it's a gift you need to extend to somebody else. I don't know what it is. But for all of us, if you are a follower of Jesus, that we would share the true meaning of this true story with the people in our lives. That we would share the purpose of this birth, that we would share the purpose of Jesus coming to earth. Why? Because can I tell you, you never know how God wants to use you. God will use you in some remarkable ways if you let him, through your belief and as he's transforming you. So it was 1850 in London, in England, and there was this huge snowstorm. So I'm not talking about whatever the fake one was that was two days ago, okay? So just, it's like a real snowstorm. And so this snow is coming down. There's this teenage boy. He had no interest in God. His parents were religious and they had gone to their church and this blizzard just starts coming and he was supposed to go meet his parents at the church. And so he begins walking in this blizzard in England in 1850 and he realizes there's, there's no way I'm getting to that church. There's no way I'm walking all the way there. And so he just looks to see the closest church he can find and he just walked into that church. So he walks into this church. There's no pastor there. There's just a a fairly unprepared volunteer that just was going to share a scripture or two. And so he walks in and he sits down and this volunteer begins to share from Isaiah 45. I'll give you like the King James, okay? Because it was 1850. So look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is no one else. This guy didn't have a lot of material prep, so he just, he kept reading the scripture like over and over again. Look unto me, look unto Jesus, look unto Jesus. And finally he looks and he turns at this teenage kid and he says this to him, a man not need to go to college to learn to look. Anybody can learn to look. A child can learn to look, look unto me. I'm sure his parents at this point are wondering, where, where is he? <laughs> He's sitting in this other church service. This teenager, completely uninterested with God, made a decision to follow after Jesus right there. He had been depressed and going through difficulty and challenge of the teenage years. And he said, I'm gonna decide to look to Jesus with my life. Remember I said that God can do amazing things through you if you allow him to? What that volunteer, unprepared communicator who he was speaking to that day was a guy named Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon went on to be one of the greatest thinkers and theologians and Bible teachers, not only in England, but around the world. We quote him all the time and read his theology. And this guy just trying to be faithful and trying to share and he allowed Charles Spurgeon to experience life transformation. And Charles Spurgeon went on and helped so many other people believe and find transformation for their life. Do you know the only other thing I thought about this guy, though? I mean, does anybody give this, nobody knows this volunteer guy's name. 
Like, did he get any book royalties down the road after he started making it? Like, this feels unfair to the guy who made a pretty big impact. I'm joking, but God wants to transform you. He wants you to help bring transformation to others. The difference between a transformed life, a life that believes and a life that isn't transformed is the difference between squandering our life and thriving in life. It's the difference between condemnation and salvation. It's the difference between perishing and eternity. So I'm gonna invite the worship team to come forward as we close our time together. We're gonna close it with a tradition we have where we sing Silent Night together. But let me share with you one bonus truth before we sing that song. That love lives. Love loves and love gives. Love believes and love transforms, but love lives. Sometimes when we hear this story and we celebrate Christmas, it's easy that we, we get caught up in the past or this is a thing that happened a long time ago. Or some of you in this room maybe made a decision to follow Jesus a long time ago in your life and these, these things feel like the things of the past. But love lives. It's in the present and it's in the future and it's in eternity. John 13, 34 says this, a new commandment I give to you that you should love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Can I just give us a vision? Some of you have been part of this church family for a long time. Some of you are in town visiting. Some of you, this is your first time to High Point. As we talk about love come down, what if each and every one of us had a vision for our life that when that day comes and we pass away and, and we're no longer here and that the engraving on our headstone would just be two simple words. He loved. She loved. He, he loved people with his life. And she loved God with her whole heart. He loved. She loved. Does it sound simple? Yeah, in theory. But love is an action and love is a per person. So why don't we do this? Why don't we stand together? You can grab the candle that you received on the way in. And as we sing this song, I just want to point out one verse that as we sing Silent Night and Holy Night, it says, Son of God loves pure light. That we sing and we worship the God who is light, who is the source of light that is the pure light, that is the Son of God. Let's take this time, let's sing together.